Everybody starts out just wanting to be the guy on the back with the with the nozzle, or the guy with the axe. You know, you just want to be that person, right? You always wanted to train and try to be found ready. You know, you don't want anything bad to ever happen to somebody. But if it's going to happen, you want to have it on your watch so you have the opportunity to make it better. Welcome to After the Tone. I'm your host, B. Growing up a first responder kid, I always wondered how and why my father decided to run towards danger. And finally, I'll get my answers right here on After the Tone. On episode one, Inside the Mind of a Firefighter, we get to sit down and talk with the first responder himself. I am uh, Warren Weidler. My nickname is Country, retired from the Austin Fire Department after just short of 31 years. Prior to working for Austin, I worked for the Fire Department in College Station, and prior to that, I was a volunteer with the Round Rock, Texas Volunteer Fire Department. When I was sitting across from Country in his office, I looked around, and there was accomplishments all over his walls from the fire industry, so I knew he could answer my questions. The first question I asked was obviously the toughest. What was the worst call he had ever been on? Well, just listen. Um, a fire up on Cat Mountain. Um, we were missing three people. We knew they were in the building. Um, trouble getting in to the building just for the heat and the fire. Did a quick search, found uh, a young boy, got him outside. Got outside, went back and trying to... Uh, found his father, uh, we actually found him in, in the living room, and uh, having trouble getting him picked up. You know, he was burned, and uh, and I, the, the guy behind me who was helping me, because we were searching in Paris, didn't quite understand what we were doing. I knew why we were looking, and uh, but we went out the back door, found a lawn chair, and threw him in a lawn chair, and carried him in a lawn chair, because we just couldn't carry him. <laughs> actually kicked the fence down as he came around the outside of the house, and an ambulance pulled up, and we handed them to the ambulance. It was perfect. But the people on the front end who had asked us to go in the house to do that, we didn't come back out that same way. We kind of walked around the outside of the house. And so that was a little tense for them. But uh, it worked out good for us. So you couldn't carry him because he was too heavy? He was pretty heavy, but he was also burned, so we couldn't get a good grip on him. You know, his skin was sloughing off. And so, hand. yeah. And so, but he was alive, and so we were just trying to get him out. Yeah, you heard correctly. The guy's skin fell off in Country's glove in the middle of a fire. And Country improvised and knew exactly what to do. It was challenging because you had to try to solve it with your head. And that's that's what firefighters do. They solve the problem with what they have at hand. I'm not sure about you, but I don't think I could go back home after seeing something like that and just be okay. So I asked him, I said, Country, how did you continue on with your days or how did you go home after shift after something that hard? And his answer was very simple. And it made sense if you have the right mindset. I know at work we just focused on the task. You know, if everybody played their part and got their task done, then it got done. You, it was never your emergency, right? It wasn't your family or your stuff. Uh, it was somebody else's, and what you're trying to do is make it better. But for the most part, I left work at work and home at home. The way country explains that seems very simple. Any other profession you know leaves work at work at 5 p.m. Just because firefighters have a quote-unquote tougher job doesn't mean the concepts change. However, accountants 
usually don't see death every day. So I kind of was wondering, how was he not scared to go back to work and hear that tone again? He didn't know what to expect. I was never scared of the tone. I was always scared of the assist uh, possible because you're not really sure. You know, you say, uh, if they would say house on fire, smoke showing. So you said, okay, we got a house on fire. Uh, a man down. And so, uh, so a man down at the corner of walk and don't walk. And when you get there, why is the man down? Because someone shot him, because they had hit by a car. You know, so you're walking in blind until you can get there. So those are the more, it's not scared is not the right term, just more cautious to figure out what it was. I truly don't think country ever got scared. As I spoke to him further, he always spoke with a purpose, even kill, and not one question really excited him. Except when I talked about his family. So, let's get into that section. My favorite one, the family of a first responder. 25 years ago, Country met Kim, a beautiful woman, right here in College Station. However, there was something very interesting that came along with Kim. It was interesting, to say the, to say the least. Um, obviously, the two boys uh, liked coming to the fire station. It was nice having them at the fire station. And then uh, uh, it was interesting. It was a, it was a hard shift for me, um, but uh, that was the package deal. So yes, Kim came with two boys, Blake and Brandon, and we'll hear from Brandon a little bit later in the series, but Country wasn't a dad, and all of a sudden, now he was. But he stepped in the role very bravely, even though it might have scared him. May not got scared on the job, but I can tell you that these boys probably scared him. But you can't tell him that those aren't his boys. He talks about having them at the station, and you could tell just how much he really does love them. The boys came in, and we were we were eating, right? And uh, another firefighter, West just started cutting up the uh, Blake's food, just you know, like anybody else, like it wasn't a big deal, right? Because everybody else had that, so it was kind of funny. And plus, they all want to get on the fire truck and put on the fire gear. But, it, you know, it really didn't change, I guess. But uh, it was kind of fun. However, Kim and Country didn't just have the boys. In the year 2000, they brought in a beautiful baby girl, Bonnie. And Bonnie was born into a first responder lifestyle and didn't know any different. So I had to ask the question, did you ever have the talk about daddy may not come home from work? No, I don't think we ever did. Why? That's a good question. I don't know. I never really thought that way. I always expected to come home. After doing some research and talking to a few other first responder families, these conversations actually don't happen as often as I think they would. Most firefighters, police officers, and paramedics expect to come home. They don't expect bad things to happen to them because they're the ones protecting us. They're the ones stopping bad things from happening. However, I wanted Country to focus a little bit further on Kim. Being a spouse of a first responder cannot be easy. Every third day, you're gone. Sometimes you're extremely tired when you come home. So I asked, what was one of the biggest problems you had with Kim upon living together and moving in and getting married? 
trust, trust me, if something was going to break, and I think every firefighter around can tell you, if the toilet's going to overflow, if the garbage disposal is going to stop up, if the shower faucet is going to break off, it's going to happen while you're at work. And it's probably going to happen while you're at work on a call, so you can't even answer the phone. Trust me when I tell you that if my spouse was at a fire station and could not pick up the phone, when the entire plumbing went out or a bird got in the house, there would probably be hell to pay. However, luckily for Kim and Country, Country's parents lived right around the corner and were always available to come help. So Grandpa did a lot of fixing, let me tell ya. But I asked Country one final question. Did Kim do something to help you cope? Did she do something to help you deal with the bad days? Here's what he said. I don't, I don't, I don't have a coping mechanism. It just doesn't bother me. I mean, it was work. She could probably tell after deployments because I was gone and uh, you know, I didn't have to camp and I could shower and, and like that. Um, I don't know. I have to ask her. And that's just what I did. Kim, do you agree? No, that is that is not true. Okay, <laughs> that is not true. But I would have to agree. He was very good at leaving work at work. To hear what Kim has to say and find out what it's like to be the spouse of a first responder, join me next time right here on After the Tone. <laughs>